This is a podcast by The Straits Times and Money FM 89.3. It is time now for a China perspective uh, where we put the spotlight on China. A couple of issues that we're looking at. China's President Xi Jinping has been a very busy man over the past week. He's looking for ways to narrow the country's wealth gap. So while this might just get him public support, should the rich in China feel nervous? Other issues, China will soon have not one, not two, but three stock exchanges. Currently, the country has two major markets based in the Shanghai Financial Hub and the southern city of Shenzhen. How will having this third stock market in Beijing benefit the country? Uh, plus, it looks like China's Sanofam might just be a little ahead in the COVID-19 vaccine race. The company has recently unveiled a series of newly developed COVID-19 vaccines and medicines at the 2021 China International Fair for Trade in Services over the weekend. Uh, so what do we know about this so far in terms of this new series of vaccines from Sinopharm? Uh, let's get some analysis on these headlines and more with Dr. O. A. Sun, Senior Fellow, Singapore Institute of International Affairs. Dr. O, good morning. How are you? A uh, very good morning to all of you. Uh, all of us, I think, are just uh, coping nowadays. Yeah, yeah. Stay strong, stay strong, stay steady. Yeah, Mental health, very important. Uh, another week and more headlines, it seems. Uh, Xi Jinping on a bit of a mission. He wants to narrow China's wealth gap and uh, the public support he needs for continued rule. So, uh, should the should the rich the rich over in China feel nervous about this? I mean, how can President Xi gain public support with his efforts to close the wealth gap in China? Your thoughts? Well, the key phrase nowadays is, uh, of course, a uh, common prosperity. So, these uh, very wealthy tycoons will have to sort of, in a sense, get used to this uh, new reality whereby uh, previously they might have uh, explosive growth uh, in their wealth and, and so on. And nowadays, uh, perhaps they would need to, uh, shall we say, give back more to society. And indeed, you saw a, a number of high-tech companies uh, ranging from Alibaba to Tencent. And then also, well, their respective uh, bosses, the tycoons, uh, are rolling out various common prosperity measures to the tunes of hundreds of billions of uh, China's renminbi. So you would see, in a sense, almost like a corporate social responsibility type of programs have been rolled out in the coming months. Yeah. Yeah, I like the phrase common prosperity. It's like uh, Chinese New Year every day. Yeah? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dr. O, let's talk about how China has announced plans to set up a third stock exchange to serve small and medium-sized businesses. I mean, what can you tell us about this new stock exchange in Beijing and how will it benefit China? Well, number one, the details are still coming in. I think okay. mainly it was President Xi Jinping announcing it during that China International Fair in uh, Trade and Services uh, over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are still looking for more details. But uh, I think uh, it will be so called mainly facilitating the small and medium enterprises, uh, I would guess, to, to list on, on the stock exchange. Now, but, but you, you see, you need also to be very careful about this. I mean, you can't have, uh, you know, like every other mom and pop shop mm. also listing in the stock markets, right? There must be some sort of listing criteria, okay. but these criteria could not be too stringent as for 
those other, you know, the, the bigger uh, listed companies. But on the other hand, it could not be too relaxed as well because uh, then, well, then every other sundry shop would get listed, right? Mm-hmm. So how to strike that balance, I think, uh, would indeed be a very uh, daunting challenge. Yeah. I get your opinion on this one because it comes at a time where you're also seeing China doing a bit of a crackdown on like some of the tech companies, the edutech companies, uh, even gaming, for example. It seems like a massive sort of balancing act that's happening right now. Any chance we have any indication on the timeline to when this new stock exchange might be ready? I think at this point now it's too uh, sketchy mm. to, to tell of a, a timeline. But uh, usually uh, within a few months after the major pronouncement by a top leader, okay. you would see uh, this sort of uh, programs being uh, rolled out. So I would imagine by the end of the year, we would have a more definitive answer here. This podcast is available on our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us. And now, back to our podcast episode. Doctor, let's talk a little bit about climate change. We've got Britain's senior climate change official, Alok Sharma, arriving in Tianjin over the weekend to meet representatives from the government and business ahead of the next round of global climate talks. That one's scheduled to take place in Glasgow uh, in November, I believe. Uh, What's the main agenda of Mr. Sharma's visit to China? Well, not surprisingly, it's mainly because China is still the world's uh, largest emitter of so-called greenhouse gases. And therefore, they would like to uh, have uh, China committing to, um, I think what was called, uh, more near-term goals. Because, for example, China would say uh, it would like to be carbon neutral. But by the year 2060, which is Mm. nearly 40 years from now, right? Mm -hmm. So I I think uh, Mr. Sharma would, of course, like to have this round of climate talks uh, to be a success. So ahead of it, uh, he would, I think, like to have uh, more, shall we say, nearer-term commitments from China. Let's say cutting down your greenhouse gas uh, emission, let's say within the next five years, uh, with a more realistic uh, goal and so on. Yeah. All right. We're on the line this morning with Dr. Oe San, Senior Fellow at the Singapore Institute of International Affairs, talking about a couple of headlines out of China. The next one is about Sinopharm. Uh, they've unveiled a series of newly developed COVID-19 vaccines and medicines at the 2021 China International Fair for Trade and Services. This happened over the weekend. Interesting, a a new developed vaccine from Sinopharm. Could you tell us more about it? And and what else do you understand where, you know, the medicinal side of uh, things are concerned in terms of dealing with COVID-19 from China's uh, perspective? Well, I I think nowadays uh, there were a lot of talks about uh, the so-called mRNA or Mm. recombinant uh, RNA uh, sort of uh, very, uh, no, I wouldn't say variant nowadays. Uh, th- those type of uh, vaccines are yeah. more effective than yeah. the so-called inactivated uh, virus type of uh, vaccines, which China has been manufacturing a lot. Therefore, well, China is finally getting into the game of uh, so-called mRNA uh, vaccine. So this series of new vaccines coming out of Sinopharm, I think they are the first attempt at producing this so-called uh, mRNA uh, vaccines. But I think they are still on uh, the clinical trial stage and it, uh, they are not ready to be rolled out to the market just yet here. 
And finally, forecasts from Bloomberg Economics suggest that China could grab the top spot held by the U.S. for well over a century as soon as the year 2031. What will form, you know, the foundation as China moves towards overtaking the U.S. to become the world's largest economy? I mean, you're talking about pivoting away from relying on property and infrastructure. They're doing a little bit more on the tech front. How is China going to achieve all this? Well, I would call it uh, manufacturing revisited, right? Mm. For the longest period of time, I think throughout the 1980s, 90s, and maybe even the early 2000s, uh, China was uh, heavily stressing on uh, manufacturing as the engine for growth. But in recent years, of course, you know, we all seen our China friends getting rich in their various uh, property (laughs) development ventures and so on. So, again, this is uh, along the same uh, strain of uh, regulations as uh, what you mentioned about uh, clamping down on edutech and gaming mm. companies mm. and so on. China would not like to see uh, too much uh, speculation in its economy. It would like to uh, go back to good old manufacturing, but of course, of the high-tech and uh, more innovative uh, variations. So how it would you know, rebalance its economy as such, I think will be the main challenge for the next almost 10 years as it tries to uh, clinch the top spot in, in terms of the size of its economy in the world. Yeah, and it's a very interesting new sort of narrative out of China, right? I mean, weeks ago, we heard how China, for lack of a better choice of words, wanted to play ball with the United States in ensuring, you know, that, you know, whatever was listed on the New York Stock Exchange and all the the checks and all that was done properly. From the U.S. point of view, the potential of them being knocked off top spot, do you see them, you know, trying to stop China from overtaking them? Well, uh, nowadays, uh, you would see actually the regulators in the New York Stock Exchange and their counterparts in China are working quite hard together, right, to make sure that uh, those uh, Chinese companies uh, which are trying to get listed in the United States, they do have their proper accountings and various other uh, regulatory uh, measures. Uh, I think, of course, uh, you know, as far as the geopolitics between superpowers, the United States would like to retain its uh, top spot. But I think as long as uh, competition remains at the economic uh, level, I think it's really fair game between the two superpowers. Mm. But once it uh, spills out to uh, other, shall we say, more strategic fields and, and so on, yeah, then you will see all these uh, competitions uh, sort of uh, warming up. Yeah, uh, well, the U.S. President Joe Biden has previously expressed uh, his worry that uh, China might overtake the United States and stated that he's determined that China should not displace America. Well, watch this space, as they say. I've been speaking with Dr. Oh Sun, a senior fellow at the Singapore Institute of International Affairs. Dr. Oh, appreciate your time this morning. Take care and stay safe. Thank you very much indeed. The Asian Insider Podcast channel is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us.